Hi guys, welcome back to Thinking Out Loud. I'm your host Isabella. We are back. It is 6.12pm on a Friday. <sighs> Feels so good to just sit down and relax. I honestly love it so much. I'm really enjoying doing this. It really like feels like I get to just talk about whatever I want at the end of each week. And I don't even care if no one listens. It's just like so therapeutic. Because <laughs> I haven't had that many, like yesterday was the first time in ages that I haven't had much to do. And I mean, I still had things to do yesterday, but I didn't feel like I had to do them. So I kind of just took it easy yesterday. Um... And now I have things to do tonight, but it's also the weekend, so it doesn't really matter right now. But we're doing this now. I can take a minute to take a breath and let's get into the topic, which is life after high school. I was thinking about what I should talk about this week, and I thought um, maybe I could talk about the future. And then I thought, well, that actually would work quite well, considering last week we talked about high school, we can talk about life after high school now. I know, I'm, I'm a genius. <laughs> um, so, I wanted to begin by talking about jobs, like early on jobs, like first jobs. Um, I personally have worked a lot and I have a lot of experience in different things in my life because for some reason I've like always liked the idea of earning money and like working and like being rewarded for doing something that you want to do. I'm not kidding like when I say I've been finding ways to make money since I was in primary school. For example, I would make loom bands, which if you don't know what they are, they're like little bracelets made out of little plastic rubber bands and you can like make them into bracelets and stuff. I was making them in primary school in like like year, year five, so I was like 11 or something, that's just a guess, but around that time and I would go to the park, I made a sign and I'd make them for strangers and they actually bought some. I actually made a little bit of money off of that and that was very exciting to me. Um, I would have little baby garage sales at the front of my house, <laughs> which no one ever went to, but I loved it and I loved putting in effort to go and do that. Um, that was like everything I really was able to do and I would like do lots of chores around the house um, well, I mean, not really. I, I, I mainly just sweeped the leaves outside and, like, mowed the lawn if I could be bothered and I'd get a couple bucks from my nana. But that's really all for that, for, like, primary school. But I've, like, the point is I've always wanted to make money. So the first thing I did was, I think, I think it was in year seven, maybe year eight. Not really sure. But early high school, I started volunteering at a, um, it's called RDA. It's Writing for the Disabled Australia, where 
you help kids who are disabled ride horses. And I was so excited when my mum told me about this. She met someone at work who said they get volunteers to help out there. And oh my god, I've like always been a huge fan of horses. I don't know what it is, but like a lot of girls like horses, I guess. But I've always loved them. Um, so I helped out there and it was so good. I got to hang out with horses and people and it was like work experience. Even if I didn't get paid, I loved it. It was great. I got to know the names of all the horses and we never rode them, but like it was still great to be around them. And although we did have to get there by like seven on a Saturday every morning, it was still great. I loved it. It was amazing. It was great work experience, even if I wasn't getting paid. It's like not about that. And I loved it. So I did that for like mm, maybe like six months or something. Um, and then there was an advertising for um, people needed to work at a fish and chip shop, like year 11s, 10s. I think I was in year 10 or year 9. I was in year 9. Yeah, I was in year 9. So I was like 15. Um and I worked at a fish and chip shop, and it was so good. It was, like, the best first job because um, there was, like, a lot of... I mean, it was really intense some days and not other days. Like, I would mainly... I would work at the front. Like, it was a very small little shop right next to a 7-Eleven, so... There was, like, always kids after school if I was working then. But I would work at the front with the computer, and that was pretty simple, and, like, take phone call orders. And then um, I'd also help cook the food. And then most of the time, also, we had, like, the main guy, like, the owner of the store was always there, as well as, like, one or two workers. So, like, the main the boss and then me and someone else and um so one of us would probably be at the front on the cash register and the other one would be helping make the food and it was so good because like he would give us free food we would I literally like took home a burger every week that's how I've grown to love burgers only from fish and chip shops from <laughs> nowhere else I'm really picky about that um and I would like experiment with different things on the menu like I had a Mars bar and batter that was kind of gross um it was really sweet but it was pretty good actually and I also had a pineapple and batter which had like cinnamon on top and I actually really liked that it was actually quite good it's kind of a unique flavor but I would recommend trying that we also had banana and batter but I never tried that um so yeah, that was really good first experience because it was like kind of easing me into the working environment and I got pretty comfortable apart from the fact that a lot of the time it wasn't that busy the only time it was really busy was like if I was working on a Friday night or um or if it was like a public holiday and everyone wanted to get fish and chips I don't know but yeah sometimes it would be really busy and other times not um so I did that I think I stopped doing RDA because I didn't really like um, waking up so early. 
And I also started wanting to make money, so I wanted to devote as much time as I could to um, the fish and chip shop. I did basketball refereeing. That's when I quit the RDA. So I was doing basketball refereeing and the fish and chip shop at the same time. Just because um, basketball refing was on Saturdays only and the fish and chip shop was like three hours either on a Thursday or a Friday, I think. Um, and the refing was definitely a different environment. The refing, I don't know, I always found it really difficult and I think I've mentioned it before at some point, but I always really, like I've always loved basketball and that's why I thought it would be a good opportunity to try it, but it took a lot of mental effort and like courage. I had to do like a lot of, I had to do, mm, I think it was a few weeks of training and learning all, all the specific rules and stuff. But it was a lot of pressure to be able to do everything. It was a lot of pressure to be able to stay focused for such long times. Like, because you'd do, like, a few games at a time. You wouldn't just do one or two games. You'd do maybe, like, three or five. I think I did five or six at one point, And it's so exhausting, especially in hot weather. So you have to, like, focus and be able to manage people... Um, who challenge your authority and it was just a lot of it was a very different environment for me and um, I never really got used to it I kind of always kept I like felt sick before going because I really don't like conflict and um, like I still to be honest I still don't really know how I did refereeing because like, if I tried to go back to it right now, I would get really, really anxious. And I don't know if I could. But I was just really determined to make more money at that point. So I was doing that. And over time, I kind of realized this isn't getting any easier. Like, sure, I'm getting more confident and more experienced. But I'm not enjoying it anymore than I was at the start. Even though I'm, like, gaining more experience, I'm still not improving. I would only do the younger year levels because they were less debating they were less um challenging with the rules but they made a lot more mistakes so it was kind of difficult because if you called too many mistakes the parents would get annoyed because it was just stop start stop start throughout the whole game if you didn't call enough the parents would also get annoyed so the younger year levels it's more like the parents and you also have to pretty much teach the younger kids how to play properly but I kind of liked that anyway. And there was always two refs at one game. Like it wasn't just you refing by yourself. And also for like the first month when I was refing, you have like someone with you anyway, like shadowing you. Um, But like I really, I still didn't like it even though I was doing the younger year levels. And then when it came to doing the older year levels, when I was assigned to do them, I'd get so scared. Like, if I was doing a game with people my own age, or even with people that I know, that's even worse because it feels like you're being judged and they're like, oh, I know her. She's refing. Damn, let's see how good she is. Let's see if she catches my fouls. It's like a lot of pressure and it's a lot of, it takes a lot of energy to push the fact that they know you out of your head, you have to 
get into the zone. And I was actually pretty good at that. Um, but it was still exhausting. And I would like get home afterwards and just collapse on my bed and just not want to move. Um, so by the time I got to, I think it was 18 months I did it. So a year and a half. I realized, okay, this is getting too hard. I've been doing it for a long time and they, they're starting, they're expecting me to ref finals and that's way too, it's like beyond my comfort zone. And I know they say to get out of your comfort zone, but I was already out of it. I was out of it from the beginning when I started refing, and this was just getting too much and I didn't think I would do a good job. And even if I could have, I didn't feel like I could. And because of that, I knew I wouldn't if that makes sense. So I decided to quit because I was already making money at the fish and chip shop and I just believed it was better for my own mental health and my own happiness, I guess, to do what I feel is right. And after a year and a half of still not feeling comfortable, I kind of knew that I wasn't that the job wasn't really for me and but that's not to say it wasn't a great opportunity it was such good experience like I gained so much from that I gained heaps of confidence I'm like compared okay dealing with people who are difficult in a job that's like customer service compared to dealing with parents screaming at you for missing a foul is so different and it feels so much easier when I compare it to the refing, which is why it was so helpful. And I also get to put it on my resume, which makes me look good. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I stopped refing and I kept going at the fish and chip shop. But I think I'm actually finding it hard to remember the timeline and where I started and stuff and stopped stuff. I think um I think I started my next job before right before covid I think at the start of last year I think the fish and chip shop closed and then I wasn't working for a while and then I was looking for a new job so I found a job at a car wash near my house and um I applied to work in the cafe within that car wash and I got the job so I was working during some of the lockdowns that like weren't too severe. They were just mild lockdowns and I was working through a lot of that, which was really, really good. And the the refing really came in handy at that point because the cafe at that car wash is like a one person job. So I got trained for like a few shifts, how to use the computer, how to make coffees because I'd never made coffees. And then I was by myself. And after working in the refing, it almost felt like I was by myself in the refing, even though there was another person, you're still kind of, there's a huge responsibility still on each ref. So I was actually pretty comfortable working by myself once I knew what I was doing in the cafe. Um, and I train, I still work in the cafe right now. So I've been working at the cafe for probably, it's nearly two years now. And I've trained a few different people and everyone finds it really daunting at the start because you work, cause like 
you're expected to eventually work by yourself and that scares a lot of people. And it did scare me at the start too, but once you actually know what you're doing, working by yourself, I actually prefer working by myself now, unless it's a really unpredictable job where you might need to ask for help. Um, I like working by myself because I can just do things in my own way. Like I'll take over someone else's shift and it'll like, <laughs> there'll be like coffee beans everywhere and cups won't be cleaned and like I'll clean it all up within like 10 minutes and just like breathe a sigh of relief because it's like I've worked there for so long I've spent so many hours in that little room um keeping everything neat and tidy because I'm a perfectionist and it just makes me happy to make everything nice and neat so I found a job that I'm like super comfortable with now I'm only working that job and it's been great and I know I'm going to stay with it because, like, it, it's casual, which means um, they can cancel my shift if it's not that busy, but usually they don't because um, it's always good to have the cafe person there just in case it gets busy. So even though they can cancel my shift, it, I don't really mind either because if I'm in, like, I've, if I have the morning shift and they tell me, oh, it's fine, you can have the day off, then I'll just... I'll just go back to sleep, which is cool. Um, but I really like making coffees and stuff for people. It's just, like, such a relaxed environment. And even though I've never really drunk coffee before, it's, like, still really therapeutic to me. There's just something about it. I just really like frothing the milk and, like, making the coffee look all pretty. And then seeing the customer, like, say, th oh, thanks, this is really nice. When you give it to them. I don't know. I just really like it. And when, when we went into lockdown six, when that closed, like I was looking for a lot of jobs because I, I just wasn't used to not working. And like, I mean, I do think it was nice to have a bit of a break, but at the same time, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel right to me because that job isn't a chore for me. I just enjoy it. It's more of like a break from everything else, which is which means like that just confirms that I love my job, which is re really good. So when I wasn't working, um, I applied for a lot of jobs. I applied for Baker's Delight, Coles, uh, a chocolate shop, which like served coffee and chocolate. I was really sad that I didn't get that. But you really need to like, if you want to get a job, you really need to, like, keep calling them and, like, annoy them enough to make them give you the job just to make you shut up. But I wasn't really like that. I didn't really want to be annoying. So when I did nothing for a while, I did rejuvenate a, a bit, I guess. But during lockdown six, my mom works in a medical clinic, so she... The people who she works with needed um, someone to help out on Saturdays to in reception because on Saturdays there's only one doctor and one receptionist just because it's like a half day, it's just relaxed. But they needed someone. So they thought um, I could just help out, I could train for a bit and just see how I go. So I went in like every week for a few hours and trained for like a few months. Um, 
and I really did give it a good go. I really tried really hard to um, know what I was doing and stuff, but during, like, this kind of situation with all the COVID stuff happening, it was just really unpredictable, and I was just getting all these phone calls that I didn't know the answers to, and no matter how much training I got, I was never going to be able to know everything, and that was really daunting to me. I kept saying to myself, I know 10% of what I actually need to know, but at the same time, even if I was the most experienced receptionist ever, I'm still not going to know everything that I'm asked to do, you know? So after a few months, I was trained and then I had a few shifts alone and I found those really stressful. So the point where one of them um, resulted in me in tears because I like had a situation and I was just, there was like all these phone calls happening at once and I just couldn't keep up and it was just really stressful and I just didn't know how to cope so I had to call them and get them to come in and help me out and after that I think I quit that day (laughs) and I know it sounds a bit like of a surrender but I really did give it a good go and I just didn't think it was a good idea to keep going just for the sake of my own mental health it's the same for refing. like I knew that I wasn't enjoying it and I have better things to do like studying and I'm going into year 12 next year so it's not like I'm going to have that much free time anyway with my other job when it comes back when it like opened again I knew it would I knew I wouldn't have that much time to work regardless so I just um put everything on the table and just said look I don't think this is the right job for me but thank you so much for the opportunity and it was amazing opportunity like it looks so good on my resume <laughs> like even if you are in a job that you don't like at least you're getting experience but it's really not worth staying in that job if just for the money, if you don't need the money because you're still young, if you're older and you're in a job and you've been there for ages and you don't have that many options and you don't like it, well, clearly that's more, that's different. You kind of need the money, but like still try to keep your options open and take any opportunities you can get. But as a young person, you don't need that money and you don't need to ruin your mental health just for that. But before you turn it down, give it a go first because you might end up really enjoying it. Give it a good go. Like, feel yourself beginning to be more comfortable with it, but, like, consciously be aware of how you're feeling about it. You might be feeling more comfortable about it and you are still not enjoying it, though. That's when you know it's not really for you, in my opinion. So yeah, after after I quit that, I had a bit of a break from working, and, but when I came back to work, it was really nice. I really enjoyed coming back to work. It felt like a bit of a relief, but moving on, um, jobs in the future. When I think about my future career, you you're not going to think about Maccas. You're not going to think about 
working in Coles, you're going to think about what you're going to be like in 30 years settled with a family and how much income you have and what you're going to be able to do with it. It's a very overwhelming train of thought. Um, so you really, I think my advice is don't think too far ahead in the future. I was talking about this with a friend the other day. If you think about your future in 30 years and try to plan it now, you're going to just overwhelm yourself because you can't do that. You can't plan for your future in 30 years because let me tell you, every single person is going to change their mind about their career at least 10 times and even if you know someone who like knows exactly what they're going to do and is like really confident has a plan you don't know if they're going to change their mind they might not they might actually continue on that path and get to where they want to go and honestly good for them but at the same time you don't compare yourself to them because so many people have no idea what they're going to do So many people finish year 12 and have no idea what they're going to do. So all you can do is pick subjects in school that you're like, that will keep your options open. Because that's what I did. I just picked a bunch of sciences that I'd find interesting in maths just so I can have options open because I really don't know what I'm going to do. I thought I did. I thought I wanted to go into like animal kind of science stuff because I love animals and stuff and I might end up doing that who knows but to be if I'm being true to myself I really don't know what I'm gonna do and it's the same for everyone else like I had a friend who was so sure so positive that he was gonna be a maths teacher in the future because he's good at maths but and he was like yep that's what I'm gonna do that's why I'm gonna be good at maths but He's changed his mind. I think he said he's going to be, I don't know, he's going to, like, work in a university or something instead. But my point is, like, people change their minds all the time. People can, like, be halfway through a course they've already paid for and change their mind. People can finish a course, be halfway through their career, and still change their mind because they are hating their job. But, like, you have to not dedicate yourself to this one job because if you do that you're gonna second guess yourself all the time regardless and it's just gonna stress you out thinking oh my god I've already paid for this course and I am not enjoying it what what the hell or like you finished a course you've done the whole thing and you did really well oh wait no I actually don't like what I'm doing that can happen at any time you have to like really not worry so much about where this is going to get you and more what you're going to learn and what you're going to enjoy and get out of it like one day I'll probably I'll probably do something like animal studies science when I graduate I might do something completely different I might do filming techniques or something when I'm outside of school but regardless it's not I mean, it is about building yourself towards your future career, but it's more about opening up opportunities in relations to what you enjoy and what you think you might enjoy as a career. Because you do have to think about the money and like how much you're going to make and what difference you're going to make in your future, but 
if you think about it too much, you're just going to lie to yourself and think, oh yeah, I'm really going to enjoy this because it's kind of interesting and it makes a lot of money. But if you don't end up enjoying it, you can't just stay in it for the money. You know you're not going to be able to last like that. All you can do is just hope for the best and give it a go. If you don't enjoy it, whatever, you hopefully got something out of it and then you can try something else. Like, do you know how many different um, jobs I've, I have changed my mind to? I have a list here. First, I wanted to be a vet and then I thought that's too hard, but I might end up doing that regardless. Who knows? And then I wanted to do animal research and then I thought I wanted to be a chef and then a kindergarten teacher, and then I wanted to work in the police force because I thought that would be cool, or like forensic science, but that's also just kind of scary, and then I wanted to work in the fire department, and then I wanted to be a pilot, and then I wanted to be an author, and then I wanted to be an astronaut, and then I wanted to be a camera person, like an, or an editor, or a director. There are so many things that you could be. And there are so many different directions that you could go in. And if you think about all of them and feel like you have to choose, it's going to be extremely stressful. Because it doesn't work like that. You can't just choose something and that's it. You're going to get a lot of different opportunities in your life. And it's up to you to take those opportunities. And it's also up to you to, you to see them. Because there can be a lot of opportunities in life that you just don't, that you choose to ignore or choose to not really acknowledge. Like there might be, you might overhear a conversation in a cafe where strangers are talking about something that you're interested in and saying that there's got a bit of a shortage in people who do X job and you're interested in X job, and all it takes is a little, oh, I'm actually interested in that, would it be okay if you could tell me about what you're talking about? That's all it takes. That's an opportunity, and if you turn it down, well, I guess that might, that opportunity might not come around again. You have to, like, take what you can get, you know, but you also have to not feel like it's the end of the world if you feel like you've chosen the wrong path because you can never really choose the wrong path. It just leads to another path which can lead back to a path that you actually want. So my point is don't overthink everything. Just let let your be true to yourself and let the world take you where you need to go. But another important part of that is feeling fulfilled because if you don't feel like you've done something with your job, if you've kind of enjoyed it and kind of like and you managed and made enough money but you don't really feel like you've made something of your life, what what are you going to feel like lying on your deathbed thinking, oh, I sat at a computer for my whole life writing up random stories or something if you didn't really enjoy what you actually did and you don't feel like you've made something of your life you're not really gonna feel that fulfilled are you like even if and I'm not saying go and be a police person and save lives or your life was useless I'm not saying that at all I'm saying if you choose to be a policeman and hate it rather than being an author which you love 
it's going to show. If you become the author that you wanted to and write stories that people find inspiring, that's going to make more difference than if you do a job that you hate. Because you might not do the job you hate very well and you're not going to fulfill yourself. And that will show in the way you treat others, in the way you manage your own life. Like what goes around comes around. You have to do what you truly want to do regardless of the outcome. I mean, if if you want to be a policeman and that's going to get you heaps of money but you'd much rather be a author, but you might become broke if you become an author. Maybe you could, like, find an in-between. You could, like, do a low-key police job and writing on the side and see how that goes. Just don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to things you're not sure about because there's going to be different opportunities in life everywhere. You have to feel like you've done what you truly want instead of regretting doing instead of regretting not trying something because you feel like you could have done something and you didn't you might regret it and yeah but that's just a whole other thing um but feeling fulfilled is a lot more than just choosing the right job like this episode is not just about careers it's about the whole of your life after high school and how you're coping with that um and an example i was going to use I've already talked about me having feeling safe in Ballarat where half of my family lives. It feels like a place that I go to to relax and to release because when I go to Ballarat, everything it feels like I'm kind of on vacation even if it's just for one night. Like oh the on um on the long weekend I got to drive to Ballarat and drive home and even if it was just one night it was so good it was like the most refreshing thing ever and even though I had to study there because I had a sack the next day I still enjoyed it so much like just being there and kind of taking in as much as I can just while I could it was so good and you can tell when you know, like, you know when something makes you feel warm and fuzzy inside. You know when, if you're a drawer and you really like drawing and it makes you feel really happy, you know that. And if you start to completely stop drawing, you're going to feel like a part of you is missing if that's really important to you. So if you start dropping everything that you find makes you really happy... It's going to be very hard for you to feel fulfilled in the long run, you know? If you really like talking to people and you end up doing, spending a lot of your life alone, you could become depressed. I'm talking about stuff that's like, my main point is do things that keep you feeling like you're doing something that you love. Whether that's doing a job that you actually don't really like, but at the same time keeping the hobbies that you really love and trying new things all the time. I've never done tennis before, but my mum bought my family a little membership for the year and we've been doing tennis all the time. And at the start of the year, I couldn't serve in any way, shape or form. I would try to hit it over the net and into the little box on the other side and it would go nowhere near and I would miss like 
nine out of ten times. But now I hit it, like, in, like, nine out of ten times. Now it goes in rather than misses nine out of ten times. Um, if that makes sense. The point is I've improved and now I really like it and it's become a new hobby. And it's doing stuff like that, trying new things all the time and taking as many opportunities as you can to enjoy your life as much as possible, even if it seems really difficult. Okay, I think I might move on to questions. Um, do you have an older friend? If not, would you like to? Well, I have a lot of cousins, and a lot of them are older than me. So, you could say I have a lot of older friends. I have, um, a friend who's, she just finished, um, year 12, or well, she's finishing year 12 right now, and she gave me all her psychology stuff, which is so good, and it's just so much, but, like, it's helpful. It's really good to be able to look up to people for advice because I'm the oldest sibling in my family I only have a little brother and I mean I feel like it would be helpful to have an older sibling but at the same time I kind of like getting to drive first and stuff um but yeah he can like have all my old summary books and stuff but I have um I have like one friend who's like not family related who's in the year above me which is good um, and I have found it really helpful to ask him questions about year 12 and stuff and, like, what he's planning on doing. Yeah, my opinion would be definitely get friends that are older than you just for the sake of, um, having someone to look up to and to ask questions about and just to have a different sort of age group in your friendship group. Like, it's really good to have variety in different people so that you can ask different people for different things. Does that make sense? Like, if you're struggling with something that's more mature than your friends that are younger than you would understand, it's good to have that option to look up to someone and ask them for their opinion. Someone said, what's the saddest song you've ever heard? Okay, that's a very... Oh, that's a hard question. Oh, wait, I know. Um... Scared by Jeremy Zucker. I think that's the same. It's yeah, that song means a lot to me. I think um I think mainly because it's associated with a breakup and I was like really sad and that's like the first song I heard. So now every time I hear that song it kind of like brings up old emotions that are like sad and stuff. If you listen to a song while you're having a really strong emotion, you could connect it to that emotion which I think is really interesting to be honest um okay someone said how at the beginning of a relationship do you not ruin everything with mistrust and jealousy well this is interesting because it's really difficult when one of you has a bad past experience which has kind of caused you to have trust issues that can be really difficult because um, if, if you have a partner who cheated on you at one point and they did it while they were out for the night and then you have a new partner who's going out, you might associate them with maybe cheating on you. It's really difficult to not 
feel like someone else is going to wrong you the way someone else did. So if you like have experiences like that, the best thing you can do is be honest with your partner and tell them, look, my I have a like a past experience with someone who did something bad and like I just worry that I just don't want that to happen again. I just really hope I can trust you. And in the long run, if if you can trust them, it will show. And if they can't, if you can't trust them and they do the same thing, don't lose hope. Like, not everyone's like that. I mean, it'll be pretty clear if they're not the right person for you. But um, if you don't want to ruin everything with mistrust, it's really hard to trust someone especially if they've, if they've, like, made a mistake before. I mean, I believe in giving people second chances, I think, although it is really hard to trust people when they've already made mistakes. So, depending on what you believe and how your brain works, my advice is to just do the best you can to think of them in the best light, because if you think of them in the best light, and they do something bad, it's not on you in any way. And if you think of them in the best light and they don't do anything bad, then you'll just be grateful that you weren't worrying, you know? Someone said, when do you become jealous and why? Um, yeah, I do become jealous, I won't lie. I become jealous when I really... I'm very close to someone. It doesn't matter if I, like, if they're my partner or if they're just a really close friend or even if, like, they're just someone who's close to me in general and they're, like, having a good time with someone else who I don't really trust, I can get a bit jealous, but that's more, like, protective. I think I get jealous when I just start thinking someone close to me is being taken over by someone else like if like one of my best friends starts ignoring me a bit because they're becoming friends with someone else then I might get a bit jealous but these days I try more to like be happy for people when situations like that happen like I'm not one of those friends who are like why are you stealing my friends that's just toxic so (laughs) I try to think a bit I try to put myself in their shoes and not worry too much and just let people live their lives But if I become jealous, I just, I try to let it pass naturally, I guess. Someone said, what is your opinion about how many friends someone needs? Yeah, definitely you don't need that many friends. But it really is a personal preference again. Um, You only need, I would rather have a few close friends than heaps of fake friends, which I Like, I have a few close friends right now. I don't need that many friends, personally. But some people like to have a lot of friends. It's just, it's really, it really is a personal preference. Because some people like to have that variety and have different people to communicate their different feelings with. Because some people have personalities where you just don't feel comfortable expressing a side of you. Like, I'm a pretty extroverted person so if I'm hanging out with someone who's well extroverted isn't the right word more like talkative if I'm with someone 
who's really, really, really quiet and prefers, like, to have really relaxed conversations, I'm not going to go nuts. I'm not going to, like, start laughing really loud and, like, telling stories and stuff. I'll probably just, like, have a relaxed conversation with them. So it's good to have variety in your friends. But at the same time, if you are happy with just having a few good friends and, like, you're really close with them and stuff, definitely just take what you can get and become close with the people who you want to be close with don't worry about how many people that is there could be one person that could be 10 it just depends on what comes your way and who those people are and even if you don't meet anyone who you really click with don't worry about it just talk to talk to different people and like if anything you don't even like need that many friends if they're not going to be beneficial. If you're not going to have a good experience with them, then it's not worth it. Just keep communicating and keep looking for those people who are real. Um, someone said, what would you do if your mum told you not to talk to your best friend? Ooh, well, in year seven, my best friend, I think it was her stepmom who said, I'm not allowed to well, she's not allowed to talk to me anymore because she didn't like me for some reason. And that was, like, so hard because, like, we were best friends and she still wanted to be friends with me. If that happened to me, if my mum all of a sudden randomly said, right now, don't talk to this person, even though they're your best friend, I don't want you to talk to them. I would firstly want to know why because, like, she's my mum. And I would want to know what the reason is because, like, she loves me and there would have to be a good reason. But if there's literally no good reason and she's just saying that just because, I don't know, she's, she doesn't like the way my friend is dressing these days or something, I would say that's silly. I'm, I have the right to my own friends and I have good judgment. I'd probably, I mean, it's pretty unrealistic that, your parents would randomly tell your tell you to not talk to your best friend just for nothing. So if it was a relevant reason, like, well, they found out that your best friend is now doing drugs or something, then I would understand. But if it's something silly, then I probably would just tell them you're being silly. That's ridiculous. Okay, one, someone said, what is something you really need right now? Um, I need a holiday. We are going to go to the beach soon, hopefully, so that will be amazing. I cannot wait. Someone said, do you think I could fall in love? Oh, yeah, for sure. Everyone is going to fall in love at some point. It might be with yourself, if anything. But, like, don't lose hope if you've never fallen in love. You could be, like, 30 and not have fallen in love. There's, like, always hope. Don't worry. Just enjoy life like you can at the moment and your time will come. Don't worry. Someone said, could you love a nerd? <laughs> That's a stupid question because nerds are like a stereotype. It depends. If, if I fall in love with someone who's really smart and like call them a nerd, I'm still in love with them. So yeah, I guess. Someone said, hi, 
Is it normal for old friends to disappear from your life and new ones come along? Yes, that's like beyond normal. That's like expected to happen all throughout your life. I've had friends from primary school who I thought would always be my friends and they've kind of distanced themselves. But like friends do move around and you can't try to change the nature of that because if like different people go in different directions, my current best friends are probably gonna like eventually go on different career paths and maybe move away. All you can do is hope that you're gonna stay in touch and like if they're really true friends You'll be able to like catch up with them after not seeing them for like a year and it will be fine. If like if they start ignoring you for a week and then you try to catch up again and something's like awkward, maybe they're not really as close as you thought. But it's totally normal for old friends to slowly disappear and it's you should always just like let that be just move on if you see them around just give them a hug say hope you've been okay and just let it be and if they want to catch up awesome if you want to catch up with them and they don't it's okay just let them go let them live their life and you will find new people and it will be awesome someone said how do you envision the perfect romantic date Ooh. It's a juicy one. <laughs> um, I mean, it really, that's a very general question because there can be a lot of perfect dates. I don't think there's a perfect date. All you can do is have a really good time. Um, and it really also depends on the person and what they enjoy doing. You kind of have to find a happy medium of what you both like. If it's a first date, it's different because you don't really know what they like. But if you, like, know them really well, if they say, um, say they, um, really like stargazing and you really like coffee dates, you could, um, go out for a night walk or something and get a coffee for both of you and then look at the stars in the park or something. And it's like a, it's like a compromise. So you're both doing what you like doing. You're both in an environment that you love and you're both going to be together and having a great time so personally I would find a compromise with my partner and see what they want to do and make it work and make it a great time because there's no perfect date you make it perfect you make it a good time and you make it memorable someone said what book do you want to read but never got around to it Okay, the first thing that comes to mind is To Kill a Mockingbird because I've heard a lot of things about it and I really want to read it and I think I started reading it at some point like online, like a page and then I stopped because I, I don't know, I like, I'm very impatient when it comes to books. If I don't like it within, within a few pages, I'll kind of lose hope and give up. So I will definitely try it again one day and try to get through it and it will probably be really good. Okay, someone said, what's your motivation? <laughs> I think they mean like exercise because they put a little flexing arm emoji. So with the exercise, I mean, I've been exercising consistently for like six months or something. And I have like, it's not, it's no longer motivation that makes me do it. It's more like a habit. And I, 
and I'm like really used to the feeling I get when I'm done with it. So when I don't do it for a day, I feel absolutely crap. And that's what makes me do it because I don't want to feel like crap. Because a lot of people associate exercising with being tired and sore and like once you get into a routine it becomes less motivation more just a routine and a habit and that's when it starts to become really enjoyable but if you're not talking about exercise you're just talking about like life in general I would say again making things into a habit rather than purely running off motivation because that'll just burn you out doing things like sleeping well and staying clean and hygienic and having a good working environment for me that's really good motivation actually recently I mean the past couple of days I like haven't been able to get anything done and do you know what I did to change my perspective and my motivation I changed my background on my phone and for some reason that like changes my whole perspective on life a bit it's a big thing to change my phone background. It takes a while to decide on what it's going to be. I think now it's um, it's like a dark, moody picture of the moon with clouds. It's pretty. It just changes my motivation levels to an extreme level, and I don't know why. But you need to find something that changes your mindset like that. It might be changing your clothes. It might be having a shower. Or going for a walk. Anything. Anything to change your mindset and to keep you, like, alert, I guess. Different things for different people. But associate things with good habits. Even things, like, with hobbies. Like, playing guitar. I put my guitar next to my bed. So I'm, like, constantly seeing it. And that makes me want to play it all the time. That's why I play it all the time. Just a little secret hack for you. Okay, someone said, what do you think about interval fasting? Interval fasting is when you stop eating for certain periods of time, I think mostly to lose weight, by the way. So I think it's, mm, I mean, it's different for everyone. Like personally, I've kind of struggled with that sort of thing in my past and I kind of found it difficult because when you fast, you become really hungry and your body goes into starvation mode and then when you eat again it's really hard to not overeat so if you're like trying to lose weight it can work for some people but I would recommend you do your research and just see what works for you because exercising and just keeping a healthy diet is probably more healthy and manageable than interval fasting someone said what do you like to do for fun well I have multiple hobbies like playing guitar singing um playing basketball um yeah just going out with friends and doing random stuff I love doing just like going on a walk and be like what you want to do and then they'd like I don't know get a drink or something it's just relaxing I like doing that also walking around shopping centers and not buying anything that's a great <laughs> I love doing that um, someone said, what's the last movie you saw in the cinema? I think I saw A Quiet Place 2 with a few friends. That was really good. It was really good. You guys should watch it. The cinemas are opening, opening back up, I think, but I don't know if that's showing in the cinemas, but still, see the movie. It's really good. There's a lot of jump scares, though. 
Someone said, is there a movie that changed your life? Well, that's very dramatic. <laughs> I don't think anything, any movies have changed my life. I mean, there are different movies that have obviously like affected me and changed my perspective. Uh, I mean, to be honest, the first thing that comes to mind is like David Attenborough documentaries, but that's not like a movie. It's more like enlightening people and like raising awareness about the environment. I love stuff like that and it's like super relaxing. <laughs> Someone said, what's your favorite musical of all time? Well, I don't really watch that many musicals, but recently my school did um, a performance of Sweeney Todd. Um, don't know if you've seen that, but it's about a barber who um, is trying to get revenge on someone for taking his wife by giving everyone um, haircuts and like beard trimmings, but he's like not recognizable from what he used to be and he like is killing people when he takes them upstairs to get a haircut and then he lives with this woman who's a um a baker and she bakes pies and she's like poor and it's quite gruesome but they use the bodies that he kills to to bake pies it's not as it sounds super gruesome but it's more like just cinematic it's it's a really good movie it stars Johnny Depp um that's so that's I guess a musical because they do a lot of singing but that's probably my favorite one or ABBA um that musical is really good I don't think it's called ABBA though it's the ABBA one I think I'll wrap it up today's been very relaxing it has been very good to speak today have I covered everything that I wanted to talk about yes I think I have so, to sum up today's episode, life after high school, do not worry too much, okay? You have your whole life ahead of you. Try to just live in the moment, do what you need to do at the moment, but do not lose perspective on on reality. If you're in year 12 and you're like doing your exams and stuff, this probably feels like your entire world right now, but there is a world outside of school. And in the end, it's only a number that you end up with and that number just helps you get into a certain course and you could change your mind on that course anyway. So don't take things to heart. Don't be hard on yourself. You'll be okay. I, I believe in you and I love you and I know you'll be okay and I know you'll do something amazing. I know you will. So I hope you all have an amazing week and I will see you next week and I love you all. If you want to ask me questions, ask me on ask fm at isabella4902 ask me whatever you want and i will answer them at the end of the next episode and i will see you next week love you bye